Jay, I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And we're here to talk to you about Juggalos. It's the great Juggalo episode of the year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is our gift to you. We wanted to do something special to end out the year. Show all of our fans, our fam, how much we appreciate you. Um, we also have our first ever special guest in the studio. Shu, would you like to introduce them? Yes. Um, tonight we have Juggalo ICP aficionado, my husband, Deacon Blue. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm so what up, excited. ninjas? <laughs> um, all right. So do we want to go around and talk about how you first heard of Juggalos, what you thought you knew? Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, just just to get a little bit of a stance on where we where we all are in our ICP life. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Detroit, so oh shit, I knew of Juggalos from uh, basically I would say fifth grade, and it wasn't something <laughs> I had a lot of access to because we've established I was raised super churchy and isolated from the world but i did have a bus driver in junior high who would play them on the bus what so uh that so i knew the great malenko very well um and i just thought it was something that was kind of trashy or whatever i remember um i was dating someone the gentleman that i met your husband through and a year into our relationship i found out that he had been a juggalo in high school and he showed me pictures and i was like Baby, that was that's not what you do to people. Now I'm in too deep. But fuck, I didn't even know that. That would have been a deal breaker. (laughs) No wonder I didn't remember him. Yeah. (laughs) No wonder I liked him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, I was very kind of anti juggalo, and then things really turned around for me. And I would say 2008 or nine, this dating website Verve sent a reporter to. Verve, Nerve, something. It was a fucking dating website for artists. And they sent a reporter to the gathering and interviewed people about relationships. And a lot of the stuff that the Juggalos were quoted as saying was, I loved. You know, it was like, I don't give a fuck if you're fat, dumb, gay, retarded. As long as you like ICP, we're cool. And I was like, bam. Like, that's open minded. How progressive. Yeah. Um, And that kind of started my turnaround on ICP and that I kind of like I love their approach to, um, you know, community and art creation and uh, doing things on your own terms. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Shu? Well, the first time I heard ICP was when I was in probably elementary school my brother was in middle school and he had the riddle box oh and um i listened to that cd and i was like damn this is like scary they're talking about raping bitches and like cutting off people's heads and shit right that's what they talk about in that yeah yeah yeah, okay that's what i remember and then I didn't really ever know anything about Juggalos other than, like, I assumed they were just, like, white trash outcasts of society. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Facebook first started getting going, I saw a picture of, um, it was a funeral and it was a little baby yep. coffin with a hatchet man on it. And I That was, was viral. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, like, what is with these people? And then... 
when I met my husband, like, he, I didn't realize how much he knew about ICP. It never really came up, but we had a friend who was really, like, interested in juggalo culture. And so, like, just through hanging out with them, I started watching, like, YouTube videos about the gathering and shit like that. And like you said, that's when I realized, like, it's all fam. It's all love. And I was like, I, you know, I, if I would have lived in that city, like it, anywhere where juggalos are more prevalent, like I probably maybe I would have become one. It so. seems like a pretty accepting subculture compared to a lot of others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo woo. Deacon, uh, where, where, what's your origin stories with ICP? Man, my origin story kind of goes back close to the beginning. I was going to Northern Michigan University. Uh-huh. In uh, 1996, I grew up in Upper Michigan, so probably about a good eight-hour drive from Detroit. And uh, I met this dude named Eric in the dorms, and he was like this like super loud white kid that wore like cross-colored jeans, but yet he still had his hair braided and stuff. And like where I grew up, you would have got your fucking ass murdered for dressing like that. So I was like, that guy's fucking cool. I'm going to hang out with him. And then he also had weed. Yeah. And I needed to buy weed. He needed weed. I was like, that dude, I saw him from like across the courtyard at orientation. I was like, that's going to be one of my homies. You zero in on the kid in the cross-colored jeans <laughs> yeah, at the, Northern Michigan University. The kid University. in the cross-colored jeans and then the kid that kind of looked like Robert Smith that was wearing a skinny puppy shirt. I was like, fucking goth dude deluxe and this rapper. One of these motherfuckers says weed. Was he white? Was yeah. Because I have never seen as many white people with braids as I did watching the Gathering documentaries. I was yeah. Like, yeah, it's a thing. I want to be a white girl with braids. The gathering is where I need to go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I met him and then we hung out in the dorms. And then I remember he took me down to Detroit because he want, he needed a ride and I had a car. And he was like, do you want to go to Detroit for the weekend with me? He's like, you know, I got to we'll pick up some mushrooms. We'll get some weed. We'll make some money. You'll see my homies. It'll be tight. And I had never been to Detroit before and where I grew up. Like, Detroit was a super scary place. All I ever heard about Detroit in Upper Michigan was that, like, everyone gets murdered constantly. Yeah, and they're not scary. wrong. Yeah, it sounds No, scary. no, no. It's coming up now, but it's it's always goes in and out of being rough. But we didn't even actually go to fucking Detroit. We went to Armada, which oh. is, like, a farm suburb out of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, we went to, I remember we drove like eight and a half hours straight from Marquette, Michigan to Detroit, took mushrooms, tripped going over the Mackinac Bridge, and we were listening, <laughs> we, he started me at um, the Riddle Box and just like made us listen to it on the drive down there, and then I remember he was like, no, no, you gotta listen to the first album, that's where it's at, and then it's like Carnival of Love, I think, is the first album. Or, I uh, just want to interject with doing mushrooms in Mackinac is like a fucked up thing. Carnival Carnage, that's what it is. Because oh, that city <laughs> is like 1800s, like Dutch. They got like, good fudge. Yeah, they've got fudge and tulips <laughs> and fucking wooden shoes and windmills and shit. Oh, shit. And so if you're on mushrooms driving through Mackinac, yeah. what a fun time. What a fun time. Except it was winter. Oh. I'm afraid of heights. That bridge <laughs> is like the tallest fucking thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I had to drive tripping on shrooms. But anyway, we got down to Armada 
and we got to his friend's house and like they were straight up like woo woo and I didn't understand it at all. Wait, came so- out partying like straight like they were juggalos. I had never seen juggalos before. And then <laughs> they took me on the ride. You know, they're like Carnival Carnage. Like you gotta listen to the riddle box. And then there was this one song called Chicken Hunting. Yeah, yeah. And it had like a heavy metal guitar line on it. And I had just been into, like, the Judgment Night soundtrack and, like, the whole mixture of, like, heavy metal and hip-hop together. So it made me think that these guys are, like, kind of cool and they're onto this shit that I'm already cool with. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just, like, from that point, like, kind of, like, listened to them. I didn't understand that people didn't like them at that point because I only hung out with other Juggalos. And so you didn't know the backlash. And you got the perfect introduction because you had this long car ride. You got to hear the discography. Like, you went full in it was like uh one of those you know you go to mexico for five weeks to get fluent in spanish like you went on this yes. road trip and you were fluent in juggalo yeah yeah yeah. It's like definitely. you're in a cult without realizing you're in a cult it's not a cult it's just <laughs> no a good it's time. not it's not you're right it's let me lifestyle. just let me just say straight up first off before we even get into any more details about icp not only is it not a cult it is not a gang it's not a fucking gang um so i want to give like the background i'll do the wiki explanation okay uh icp aka insane clown posse is an american hip-hop duo composed of violent J, uh legal name slave name uh joseph bruce and shaggy <laughs> two dope originally just two dope uh joseph utzler um and it was founded in detroit in 1989 the interesting thing was originally they were called the JJ Boys because uh, their names will start with J. Yeah. And then for a while, ICP stood for Inner City Posse. And in this movie I watched, uh, directed by Paul Anderson, uh, not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I was like, oh, very artsy movies. <laughs> no, but he directs, he's made like 12 ICP movies. Oh, shit. Um, in the, one of the ones I watched, they explained that they used to want to be a gang because it was Detroit and they were like, we're the inner city posse. And then it just interviews, um, the guys and they're like, yeah, we'd go out, try to thug, but we just spent our weekends with foots up our asses, getting our ass kicked. <laughs> Yeah, fucking yeah. footlocker tried to open a store in my ass because there were so many shoes in there <laughs> so we decided to be insane clown posse there's something about the word posse that's like so not hard also it's like inner city posse no you're asking to get your ass kicked. i think posse used to be a tough word it was tough and like Back that was a day. very big word in hip-hop because they were also like when they wanted to start rapping too um they i heard that they were really into Sir Mix a lot. And like, especially of like Swass was like the album that really ah. made them be like, yo, man, this shit is dope. Like, they discovered dope when they were teenagers through that album. And like, the biggest song on that album was My Posse on Broadway. Oh, okay. okay. That makes a lot more and sense then. Like, if you haven't heard that song, Google it, listen to it. How does that go? My Posse on Broadway. all all i heard was bass exploding out of people's cars yeah like everybody loved that um so icp is known as horrorcore would you agree with that deacon that's what wiki told me yeah yeah totally and they're like you know they all there were other artists in detroit and i feel like when hip-hop was coming up in the late 80s early 90s there were 
certain styles of hip hop that the East Coast and the West Coast had, and like a lot of Detroit rappers were coming up, and horrorcore was just like the constant theme. Like there was this rapper called Esham, um, which I believe ended up on Psychopathic Records and putting some records out, and then there was this other dude who was super brutal named Nottis, which mm-hmm. is, you know Satan spelled backwards, ah. and he was doing horrorcore in Detroit. So I think it was just like something that they could gravitate to and like the thing that they always do is like they're just about doing something that other people don't do so it's were natural they, that they went to horrorcore were they so they weren't the first horrorcore rap group there no, there was another tons of people doing it mostly oh, in the yeah. midwest it was okay you know. it was really i watched this youtube uh i'll have to link the channel somewhere but they did like a whole 20 minute video of like horrorcore and it's evolution and where it started and there was like a lot before icp like it it just wasn't as popular okay and even though icp isn't mainstream i think it's like way more mainstream as far as horrorcore goes than anything else because like i watched this uh documentary about the gathering and it featured a lot of other bands on psychopathic records and a lot of them look like icp and so I was wondering, was ICP the first group to do this? Mm. And these guys copied. But it's a whole movement. Yeah, I think yeah. with the makeup they were, like, when I was introduced to ICP, I was also in the same car ride, uh, forced to listen to Esham and Nottis. Okay. The, you know, so, they, you know, my friend was like, ICP's cool, but, man, you need to check Nottis out. That's, the, like, real twisted shit, because he would rap about, like, necrophilia and like cannibalism and there's this although also another rapper called necro too like i think yeah, he's like necro, like the, they mentioned that. the formation of like horrorcore and like okay horrorcore rapping which a lot of people don't do and it didn't get popular obviously because it's super brutal so they're just part of an existing movement but then what they did i mean they they blew up and i think became something that even if people don't know their music they know who they are yeah yeah yeah. they just didn't focus on like just straight murder like their music ended up having other contexts and like things that people could pick up on and relate to whereas like nadis and like ishan would just talk about like brutally murdering murdering people i mean none no one else got like a revelation sent to them in the middle of the night so do you want to explain that (laughs) well I'll I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, Violent J, right? It was Violent J. He said that um he had a dream or like some sort of vision where God came to him and told him all these things that he needed to relay to the world through their music. And so that's when they started with the cards. And so each album is a card and it's like a journey in their revolution of like what god wants everyone to know so here's the thing that i think is interesting about icp because people think that they're stupid and especially if you hear shaggy two dope talk that could be easy to (laughs) assume fuck that shit whatever man but the songs (laughs) and the albums seem to be it's storytelling and it's much more complicated and like theatrical and narrative than just like like, some of their songs, I was like, this sounds like Lil B. Like, this is some uh-huh. based God shit. But then if you listen to a lot collectively, you're like, okay, no, they're telling a story. And it's yeah. probably part of their longevity as a group is that they have more to say than just like... Yeah, I think so. Because what, what did you say? How long did it take them to make all of those albums with, for the cards? 
14 years. 14 years. To do all six cards. Do you think I explained this, the cards well? Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, and the thing, I've discussed this with other people before, and especially after, like, knowing a lot about them and respecting every aspect of them. Like, I don't rock their music on a regular basis. I don't sport the look. I don't do the thing. But I greatly respect them as artists as a whole. It's like, they basically just recited the Bible over 14 years. Yeah. In very minuscule ways, which is absolutely genius to mm-hmm. repurpose something that billions of people over time have believed in. And well, put that's all like, their life into. That's like some Joseph Campbell shit. Like, the yeah. power of myth and retelling yeah. a story in a way... That, like, obviously the people who are ICP fans probably wouldn't be going to weekly Bible studies at a church. Right. And so they found a way to retell the story in a way that appealed to that audience, just like Star Wars retold that story for people who were going to be late to lose their virginity. Like, (laughs) uh, Well, and I think a lot of Juggalos were kind of upset and bummed out when they finally you know said like came out and said like yeah this is more of like a religious thing this is about god and about spirituality because i think there's a lot of jugglers out there that are like this is just fucking brutal i fucking love it like like there was a guy on one uh gathering documentary i was uh watching where he's talking about how he's trying to lose his virginity but he probably wasn't going to and the interviewer's like why not he's like Cause I'm crazy, man. <laughs> you know, I like stabbing people, and he's like making the stabbing motion, and the interview's just like, oh, okay, cool. Which I would have been like, um, like, me- like metaphorically, you like stabbing people, or like, what are we talking here? But yeah, you know, it's- I, you know, it's like whatever. You you like the music, you like the music. Take the meaning, don't take it. Like, yeah, because I was asking Deacon, like, if it's like religious and shit why are all of their lyrics so violent like they talk about horrible things dude the vibe the bible is violent well Well, yeah it is i was watching this one music video where they're going through a carnival ride and they're talking about like your wife can't smile because you knocked out her teeth or whatever and it sounds super violent but what they're actually doing is like having like a reckoning it's like a pearly gate situation and they're explaining to everyone why they're going to hell and so like as a kid when i heard that song on the school bus i was like this is some hard shit this is like fucked up But as an adult, I'm, like, listening to the lyrics and I'm, like, oh, like, they're, like, it's Judgment Day. And they're kind of, like, explaining, like, the judgment of death that these people are receiving. Also, there's some of their, like, the early music videos, not that great. The later ones were, like, artistically fantastic. Like, some of the choices that they made with set design and production and, like, (laughs) I was... They're fucking artists. Dude, Yo, that's I was what like, happened when ninjas got a budget. Dude, I was my <laughs> right? my dick was ripped off because some of those music videos are like really artistically good. Yeah. Like not my style. There weren't any puppets and it was there was no pink, but like technically good. it was some good stuff. I think by the time you get to Bizarre Bizarre and Shangri-La days too, like they were worth millions of dollars by that mm-hmm. point, and they had complete artistic control of their image, their marketing, and everything. So they could spend as much money as on it as they wanted to, and get away with it, you know, because there was nobody telling them that they couldn't do this or that, and they knew how to talk to their fans, like they knew what these kids wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's an interesting thing that I think like their business philosophy really applied to Simone Shea. Um, I watched them on Howard Stern. Uh, they It was in 1999. They were having a feud with Sharon Osbourne. She was the manager of Cold nice. Chamber. They kicked Cold Chamber off their tour because Cold Chamber wasn't drawing people because they didn't share a fan base, right? And so Sharon Osbourne was kept saying, like, you guys are over. You're never going to be anything. You've never sold more than half a million records or whatever. And they're like, yeah, Cold Chamber had a hit song and hit album. They had one good summer of touring. That was four years ago. No one cares about them anymore. They were like, we consistently sell half a million copies of every album. We consistently sell out the venues that we book ourselves on. And we don't have radio play. We don't have MTV play. So we have, yeah, we're never going to have this huge, you know, summer sellout, but we're consistently selling sales over years. And cut to that was in 99, which was 20 years ago. And they are still selling records, having the gathering and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I really appreciate like that they're like, yeah, we're not doing this. We don't have to go through a record company and get their approval or deal with MTV. We're not playing by anybody else's rules. We've built our community and we're able to make stuff just for them. Well, yeah. Totally. And where the fuck is Cold Chamber now? For real, who is like Cold Chamber? Like it's 2018. Where the fuck is Cold Chamber? Because ICP their song? is still here. I don't know. I don't even know. I just know that they were like a rocking new metal band in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then you never fucking heard anything from them again. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Grassroots. Grassroots, which is what we here at Simonche are doing, yeah. is we are building a fam. Yep. And with their Woo-woo. fam and like their booking and everything, like they go on record all the time of being like, We've had ride or die people with us from the beginning, and those guys all own mansions. They all provide for their kids. Like everybody who's like ever been down with us and works for us, like we take care of them. Which is really rare in the music industry. Yeah. 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 Super rare. You I know? forget a friend of a friend was in like Dropkick Murphys or one of those fucking Irish bands that sells out every St. Patrick's Day. He made. a year touring as a bass player because the band makes money but split between the members and the bus and everything and I'm like dude he's making 50 grand a year for being on the road and away from his family his wife still has to fucking work and this is a band that's like known and consistently booked when their guarantee is big yeah they can make that in like 10 shows with merch yeah I just like I think people don't realize how little money there is to be made and how like consistency is rare so when you look at a group that's like done what icp has done which okay they formed in what 1989 they formed psychopathic records in 1991 and it's still operational so that's pretty impressive that says a lot about the juggalo fan base yeah dude down with the clown till i'm dead in the ground (laughs) uh here's a question are there new juggalos like are young people getting into icp all the time all you gotta do is go to the marquee theater in tempe arizona when there's a hatchet man around and you see like young kids you see fucking babies you see grandmas hilarious it's crazy last year when we got married um deacon's family came from michigan and his brother is pretty heavy into 
ICP, Cottonmouth Kings. Like, he's into all that type of music. Beelish is a juggalo for life. Yeah, Beelish is a juggalo, straight up. Fucking brother, <laughs> he's down with little the brother, clown. He's dead in the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were at Arizona Mills Mall, and he had an ICP shirt on. And he got at least like four whoop whoops just walking wow. through the mall. And it was funny because he wasn't used to it because like where he's from, it, there's not a lot of juggalos. So he's used to like being the only one. But we're walking through the mall and you'll just hear like whoop whoop. And then he's like, oh, what? And we're like, dude, they're doing the call. You got to do it back. So we're just walking <laughs> around like whoop 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 whoop. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the documentaries I watched too, like there's a lot of parents who take their kids to the gathering because it's i feel like there's uh like people think the gathering is super crazy and out of control and like dangerous but it's really not like when you look at it over like they did like a sky view it's huge and there's like so many different areas that you can chill in like you don't even have to go to the shows and you can still be there the whole time like, they have a carnival area, they have food stands, they have a lake, they have fishing tournaments. What? They have yeah, wrestling yeah, shows. Huge. Like, they have all kinds of activities that have nothing to do with watching ICP or any of the other bands. It's just people camping out. Like, so I think there are aspects of it that are really family oriented. Uh-huh. And then, like we said, like, when you bring in the spiritual aspect, it's like, why wouldn't I want my kids? to be a juggalo like as yeah. i'm pretty sure there's lessons. preachers with like juggalo makeup on doing sermons wow. at these because and- so i watched one documentary and they really played up like the violent aspect like they showed the worst of the worst from the backyard wrestling because icp yeah. super yeah. into backyard wrestling and they no, started, started their own organization but like so this documentary was like really playing up the drama but all the areas they were showing where it's like setting things on fire or hitting a guy with like um a baseball bat covered in barbed wire there weren't a lot of people around so i was like i know the gathering is huge and i feel like they brought these people aside and were like do something really weird right because there's no fighting allowed and they don't have any police there or anything and like because i watched a youtube video it was uh, shaggy too dope and violent jay's um recommendations for going to the gathering like if you've never been (laughs) And one of their main things are like, there is absolutely no fighting. Like, there's no cops there. We don't want to have to get security or cops involved ever. So the fam knows to just behave themselves because we don't ever want to take it to that place. Um, yeah, there was a quote um, from Violent J, I think on Stern, where he said, picture it, tens of thousands of people, all of them inebriated. Not one fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like he said, the fighting starts when you get police involved. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. They've yeah. gone on record in an interview that I listened to. Um, it was like a Canadian interview, but they're like some Kerrang or like some music magazine sent someone to do a expose on Gathering of the Juggalos. And they went down there and they're like, oh, we got to get the fuck out of here after the first six hours because there was a stabbing. And they were like, that shit only happened one time, and it was between two hot dog vendors <laughs> fighting over sales or, like, the space they were supposed to set up in. And they're like, we didn't even invite them there. They're not a part. They weren't juggalos. They weren't part of the crew. And they were kicked the fuck out. And they're like, that's the only, like, 
stabbing or like random act of violence that has ever happened at a gathering which it is, had nothing to do with them which is amazing because it's go- it's been 18 years now that there's okay. been an annual i was gonna say do you know gathering. when it first started it yep. started 18. in 2000 in michigan yep. and then it's no like buy. yeah wow <laughs> yeah he didn't even need to look at wiki no. he knew that no dude nova is tight okay <laughs> Um, yeah i think it's in indiana this year Mm. Uh, i really want to go like watching because i watched american juggalo which is a documentary you can watch on youtube and then i watched a bbc documentary where they sent someone to go blend with the juggalos and he was like i was quite frightened when i showed up i thought it was going to be crazy but actually these people are all really nice and i feel part of the farm (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i would love to go i i think we've talked about how i would never go to burning man right but i would go to the the gathering in a fucking heartbeat yeah i'm like get me that van i will be there this summer yeah when i was in a band that was semi-important we'd always every year have to put in a wish list of shows or festivals and stuff to our booking agent just you know and he would try to get us on these festivals and shit and I always be like, man, we should play the fucking gathering. Yeah. Like, that would be the best for our band. And everyone, like, half of the band, not everyone in the band, but half of the band was like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And then everybody else who liked to party and have a good time would be like, fuck yeah, we should do that. But our booking agent was like, why the fuck would you want to do that? Because I feel like if you can why win not? over the Juggalo community, you, you can have fans everyone. for life. Yeah. For life. Yeah. Although I do feel like that, I know what band you're talking about. I feel like they definitely would have been sprayed down with Fago and like boot off stage. It just is not the type of music that Juggalos are into. But still, like, yeah, if it we just did the songs experience. about killing Jesus and all the like yeah, bullshit that, cool. that like, would, if we would have put paint on and like fully assumed the role, like I would if any of us went to the yeah. gathering because, oh, yeah. like, we'd get in that shit balls deep. It wouldn't even like be hard yeah. to like fucking be well, a part of it. Watching the documentary, I was like, God, like, it is on my bucket list to spend the entire week of the gathering at the gathering. Uh At the same time, like, I kind of feel like I already missed that point in my life. Because, like, in my early 20s, I would have been so down with the clown. Like, I loved being naked. I loved partying. I loved doing drugs. So I would have been. What? Me too. (laughs) Yeah, you too. So I would have been that girl, like. completely butt-ass naked with braids in my hair and like clown makeup on now i feel like i might go and like after the first day be like this is too overwhelming i either have to like stay in my tent and do drugs or like i don't know what i'm gonna do but i don't know if i can hang now i could do it if i had a camper van with like a shower if i had an rv situation they have showers there i don't want to stand in that shower line those showers were whack looking they were whack people washing off a lot of makeup and soda in there what you have is a bunch of people who actually live in the woods (laughs) (laughs) converging (laughs) with like people who don't go camping or live in the woods so they all kind of like coexist together yeah um so what do you think sums up a juggalo i feel like we should just list some characteristics of a juggalo because i feel like they're all they're kind of all outcasts or they feel like they're outcasts in their normal day-to-day lives they're all looking for a getaway and like a place to feel welcome 
I feel like generally juggalos are members of the underclass. I don't think yeah. you see Definitely. people from wealthy, Definitely. stable backgrounds as juggalos. Although I did see in one documentary, a guy said that he met a brain surgeon at the gathering. Whoa. Yeah, but that guy didn't start out as a brain surgeon. <laughs> sure. He started out somewhere and, darker and, their and point, realer than that. Yeah. He made it there. Yeah. Uh, and their definitely. point was, juggalos are like all people like you don't know when you're talking to a juggalo in regular society because when they leave the gathering they all go back to their normal day-to-day lives and there were like there were vegan juggalos there were straight edge juggalos this one kid was like yeah i was nervous to come because i'm straight edge and i just didn't know what they were gonna think but like I was welcomed with open arms and, like, everyone here is my family. That's good to hear because that was something I was worried about. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I might, like, there was a chick selling acid at this gathering I watched a video of. And I was like, cool, like, I could do acid one day. But, like, what am I going to do the other three? Right. I don't drink. Um, So it's cool that they're, like, accepting of that. You'll do acid for three days. (laughs) I don't think I need to do acid for three days. Like, Sometimes you accidentally do acid for three days. Ooh, that was one of their other tips was like, um, know what you're drinking and eating because you could get laced. Oh, and know what you're smoking because even if you think you're just smoking weed, Mm -hmm. it could have some other shit. What I think Shaggy Two Dope's like, you think you smoke some weed, but later you'll be fucking a goddamn tree with splinters in your dick. (laughs) (laughs) For real, dog. For real, dog. I love it. Yeah. Um, Also, like, there are white girls with braids in their hair. There are black juggalos, too. There's a lot of black juggalos. I mean, there's every race of juggalo. Like, they don't discriminate. There's gay juggalos. And it was probably, I think, the documentaries filmed in 2016 that I watched. They had their first transgender contestant in the Miss Juggalette contest. Oh. Which I desperately want to enter. This is something that I this is an example of why I think there's such an accepting subculture. Because if you go to like a rockabilly show or like a fucking of Montreal show, whatever yeah. fucking show you're going to, you usually don't see that type of spread in terms of fandom. Like right. so here we are, we have the brain surgeons, the brain dead, <laughs> the transgender. Yeah. Like, we're good. And this uh, transgender person, like, they weren't, I'm transgender, I used to be a man, I look like a female. They were like, I'm transgender, I look like a man still, but yeah. I'm a woman. And, like, I'm a boy-looking woman wearing a tutu. Fuck yeah, and that's what I want out of a transgender. I mean, I will say they did get booed during their um, talent section because they're... Probably because they weren't fat enough. <laughs> Maybe they weren't fat enough, or I think it was more that their rap fucking sucked because they were just like, ninja, fuck yeah, ninja. Like, their rap was so whack. So. If they had a good rap, it probably would have been fine. I, I'm definitely sure it was about the talent more so than, like, anything else. So yeah. basically anyone can be a juggalo. Yeah. yeah. One thing I I want to add that I think is an important point on that is like for hip hop music and that culture like that stuff hasn't been accepted for a long time and like you would never would have seen that like pre Big Frida. Uh-huh. Like you would yeah. never see that in hip hop. I think Big Frida was like one person that like really opened the doors on top of ICP to allowing like everybody to like a hip hop show or a bounce show or something like so that. So true. But, before that, like, you would have never seen that anywhere. 
but the dark carnival shows or like anything like psychopathic related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, it, like people don't. There's less superficiality uh, yes. in the juggalo community where like oh, yeah. you don't have to be conventionally attractive. Like, are you cool? No. Then yeah. we're cool with you. Um, let's, you got weed even better. Yeah, yeah. and lots of nakedness. Sorry, I just wanted to. There are so many girls tits just hanging out all over the place i saw just a butt naked ass woman just standing there chilling she's just like yeah whatever they freed the nipple before that was a thing yeah Yeah, that's a big thing at the shows is the flashing but it seems like it's like open it's not like oh you're fat i don't want to see you naked it's like show me your fat body yeah like that's cool because that's kind of accepting and open in its own way yeah um Deacon, do you want to explain to us Fago? Man, Fago is, it's a really, really unique kind of Midwestern, almost Michigan thing, but it's a soda company that started in the early 1900s, and they had three regular flavors. There was Moon Mist, it was Rock and Rye, there was like a weird lemon-lime Sprite offsuit, and then there was like regular cola. And I know this because like I grew up drinking it I'm when like, I moved to Upper I Michigan. I can't believe how much you know about Fago. I'm impressed, yeah. but Fago is like part but, of your life in Michigan. Like yeah, at yeah, parties, yeah. You don't drink Coke, you drink Fago. Yeah, at parties, I just remember in Michigan, everyone has a basement. So at parties, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, if you wanted to keep running around, you'd have to have the lemon lime. But mm-hmm. if you wanted that good red pop, they'd make you sit at the okay. table and drink it because it will stain your Berber carpet. For yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it was similar to like how in the South they have this shit called cheer wine. And it is kind of like, you know, the red pop. And it's like an off flavor of cherry Coke. It's like the poor person's like cherry Coke meets Dr. Pepper. And Rock and Rye is like the perfect, perfect soda. And then, um, I don't know, ICP kind of took it on. And from what I gathered, too, um, in 1993, Violent J was at a show. <laughs> and he was just drinking a fucking Fago and threw it at somebody in the crowd, probably, like, at the shelter or, like, some weird small venue. And, like, flipped everybody off. And everyone thought it was awesome. So then he just, like, kept doing it. Oh. Yeah. So that's the origin of Fago as it's concerned to ICP in particular. And that was probably when they wow. were in inner city posse, not like even insane clown posse. Yeah, because they said they grew up poor, so they grew up drinking Fago because it was also cheap. It yeah. wasn't as expensive. It's, it's, not, like, it's like the knockoff, like the off-brand Yeah. Version. Their peach and strawberry flavors are fucking delicious. Oh, like really? I'll put them against Crush. Oh, shit. Any Mexican it's like, like peach, strawberry It's like in New thing. Mexico where my dad only bought us Dr. Thunder. Like yes, yeah. <laughs> we were not allow dr pepper we could have dr thunder because that's what we could afford yeah so they're like we grew up drinking this because we were poor and we love it and then the fans love it and now it shows they have big buckets where Mm -hmm. they load up uh, squirt guns and they spray the audience and they dump the bucket and like yeah at the gathering they have a thing called um bago get in and it's like at the end of the gathering it's like on one of the last nights and they have a bunch of fans go on stage and they have just have tons of leaders of Fago and all the fans grab the leaders of Fago and start spraying each other and spraying it all over the crowd. And like you said, they have the buckets and 
It's just like, how much Vago can we spray? It's Yeast kind infections of, and pink eye. All around. All around. <laughs> all around. Because <laughs> you know I am not about getting that sugar near the puss. But Chocolates <laughs> don't care. They fucking shove it in They have probably. fucking sturdy pussies. Because there are those bitches <laughs> who can like, you can spray their cunt down with Vago and then they'll slap on some skin tight spandex pants that don't breathe. And yeah. they are fine. Cool. They are fucking fine. I'm not Oof. one of those bitches. But um, I just I think with ICP the Fago is like when you go to a Guar concert you're yeah. ready you're gonna get covered in blood and when you go to an ICP concert you would feel cheated if you didn't leave drenched in Fago. Yes, yes, yes. I actually worked in a club, uh, when I first moved to Tempe called um, Club Rio, and the last show that they did it was a super iconic club, and the last show they did was an ICP concert. Then I was a cook in the morning. I would just come in and like prep all the shit that they would make in bar food. And I rolled up at eight o'clock in the morning. I knew ICAP had played the night before. And all the like the cleanup crew were a bunch of essays and stuff. And I walked up and they're all pissed off sitting outside. And I was like, what's up? And they're like, pinche clowns. Because <laughs> they had fucking covered the venue in Fago. And these dudes had to clean it up. Yeah. And they didn't know why because no one had ever done that there before. Right. And they were like, oh, this is the last show. I guess they were wilding the fuck out. Fucking but I remember clowns. when I was leaving work the day before. Like before their tour buses and everything showed up was a separate semi trailer and it was full of nothing but Fago. Wow. And into, they like travel with a semi truck full of Fago across the United States. And I also saw they spray 352 bottles minimum. Really? This is a good inside scoop because I yeah. was wondering how they clean up the venues after. They don't. They pay people they to do Well, I know, but I'm like, by they, I mean not. The people yeah. who clean up the venues. Who venue. clean up the venues because, like, it's not just like, oh, we got to sweep and mop. It's like, yeah. oh, we need to mop the ceiling. The ceiling, the walls, uh, everything needs to get sprayed also, down and power sprayed. Deacon gave me another inside scoop that I was, like, a little shook when he told me about what they do to get Fago in Canada. Oh. What'd you tell me? The Canada, how they spray Fago because they don't have Fago in Canada. Well, they have Fago in Canada, um, but the other countries they don't have Fago, and a lot of times customs won't allow it because it's liquid or whatever, and it's food. no, just because they're like, this is fucked up. Why do you have all this? <laughs> Why do you have a semi truck full of soda? Yeah, so sometimes they said they have to bring in ringer bottles, so they have empty bottles of Fago that they put other soda or colored water, colored carbonated water in to still do the show and give the fans what they want but they're like you know sometimes it's fake ass fago i felt like that was some real insight. that is shit. some real that's like when i found out squirting porn was fake right sometimes fago is fake we're over here sometimes trying to fago squirt mm. <laughs> okay getting off topic <laughs> and sometimes wait what they do you put... mean squirting porn's fake is do it you... all pee no <laughs> for porn <laughs> No, let us tell you. So when they film squirting porn, the girls will squeeze a douche of water up their pussy and oh, then yeah, they'll release yeah. it when the time to squirt is. And so like if you're if you squirt in real life, you'd be like, that wasn't that wasn't very much squirt. And then yeah. it's like, oh, because it's fucking special effects. Oh, yeah. I knew, yeah. I, I, I just assumed that. Yeah. That and when they have like the weird like gigantic nut busters i'm like no dude has ever come that much that is milk coming out <laughs> that of is, you yeah there's that like a special definitely oh. hopefully not heavy cream 
So yeah, sometimes they put squirt in a fago bottle. They put the soda squirt in a fago bottle. Yeah, yeah, because they can't get it in Australia or huh. like you know, oh, Japan that's what and it was, shit like Australia. That. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But they want their juggalos to fill the full experience, so yeah. they just take empty bottles. That's showmanship. I did see that horrorcore is known for elaborate stage presentations. Oh, okay. So yeah, that was uh, a um, thing. Do we know why they they like? adopted all the clown makeup and like the cards look like clown gestures and shit like that like what went from like inner city posse to clown posse the wrestling the wrestling oh yeah that's they wanted okay. to be wrestlers and all wrestlers had to kind of like come up with a shtick it's and about they just thought it was dark and it was showy and then all the cards like every card has a meaning for the entire album like every album kind of has a theme to it yeah so i think that's why they went with the cards and the clown makeup was probably just a part of their wrestling origins and then they're like fuck wrestling this shit sucks we want to be rappers it's way easier yeah Yeah, that's true and weren't you telling me that they made a shitty ass rap song for their wrestling to like walk into as their intro and then people liked that more than like yeah and then they made tapes oh yeah because they originally were trying to be like a wrestling duo yeah and they they were saying <laughs> that like their first tape they made was just with like a backbeat and they did all the recording through a karaoke machine oh, and that's, that's how they made their first album i love in one interview they were saying like yeah when people say we fucking suck yeah of course we fucking suck we can't play instruments you see us up there with a band no we can't play shit we're fucking dumb like we all we can do is rap but you know what? The fan loves us. We have a great time together. So, like, even though we suck, we're making it work. And I just was like, <laughs> yeah, I get you. I see. Right? You. I'm all about this. Like, kindred like, spirit. Yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, you know, I don't really prioritize perfection as an artist or trying to do everything. You just make the best of, like, what you have. And that's just punk rock, man. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why Ice T likes to fuck with them too, because Ice T has been known to fuck around with the posse yeah. and do shit like between Ice T and like Body Count and everything. Like, Dude, you will body see count Body Count at is... the gathering, and Body Count owns. Have you so heard good. Body Count, Ice T's metal? Yeah, I fucking love them, dude. Yeah, I saw I, that he plays the gathering regularly. I popped a cherry on Body Count by just taking her to a show. Oh. Yeah, like, oh, you got it. You've never heard Body Count? Let's go to a show. We went to a show, and I was. Fucking down with body count till I'm dead in the crowd. <laughs> I was gonna start saying that about everything. Yeah, I love no, but it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's, I mean, ICP. If he's down with, uh, if Ice T's down with ICP, yeah, so am I. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about how actually successful ICP is? Because I think it might blow people's minds to know that they're like worth millions yeah or maybe it won't i mean i guess it's pretty obvious because they're such a fucking they're out there in our culture they're they're in the zeitgeist but like i don't know that people would think like oh how much money they have i do have that they have two platinum albums which is a million copies and then five gold albums which is half a million yeah, double platinum not yeah just platinum, doubles double platinum and then i have that when they played woodstock in 99 just that one show was a hundred thousand dollars and that was not what they were asking that was the first offer that woodstock so like obviously their booking fee and their draw is big yeah Yeah. you know i know what's fucked up is i was there and i did not even know they were playing stop it you went to woodstock 99 oh yeah 
I bought the Everybody shirt Everybody went Spencer's. to Woodstock 99. <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't have tits yet. Horrible. I know. I was like, I think I was not even like knew what cool music was yet. No, dude. It was horrible. I mean, oh, wait. Wood not- Woodstock 99 was the one with Limp Biscuit. I bought the shirt yes. for okay. Woodstock 96 at Spencer. That was the awesome one because Metallica played in Green Day yeah. and Primus and Nine Inch Nails and everyone. But Woodstock 99 sucked. It was super expensive <laughs> to get there. They fucking ran out of food. Um, where we were camping, all the porta potties, the thousands of porta potties, overflowed. Oh, so then it man. was just like raw sewage. Like we didn't even stay till the end. We bailed. That might have oh, been why shit. I didn't see him. Because people Cause, rioted. Yeah, it was just like after the first day, the fences went down and people were just going in there. And I was like, "What the fuck did I just pay three hundred and seventy-five dollars for?" Oh my god! Yeah. Plus parking and like camping passes and like a yeah. bottle of water was like eight to ten dollars a fucking hot dog was like 10 bucks and this is in the 90s and they wouldn't let you bring anything in either like we had coolers of all this booze and all this drugs and stuff that we were going to bring in there and then when you got there security was ultra hard oh man fuck that fuck woodstock also quick detour but deacon also told me why they have beef with limp biscuit i don't remember anymore tell me again just fred durst talking shit yeah, fuck Fred you know, Durst. And it, it probably stems from that because they were headliners and ICP was probably B. And yeah. they've just always had a mad beef. If anyone hasn't seen the video that these ladies talked about in a previous episode of Shaggy mm-hmm. 2 Dope trying to kick Fred Durst off the stage recently, <laughs> Google that shit because it is fucking hilarious. It is really funny. Um, Yeah, I did read the, about their beef with Eminem. Oh, where yeah. in 97 Eminem put out flyers for a show saying Eminem so and so and maybe ICP and ICP got really fucking pissed and were like why the fuck would you use this to promote your stupid show and Eminem said I said you might be there are you gonna be there and they were like fuck no we would have gone if you invited us like a normal yeah. person like fuck you <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what they call him now what slim anus <laughs> I thought was so fucking hilarious. I'm like, I'm only referring to Eminem as Slim Anus from now on. I love it. <laughs> that beef's been squashed though. Oh, yeah. a few years now. Yeah, this oh. dude, a uh, proof from D12. Mm-hmm. Um, like he died, and before he died, I guess he went around like trying to squash a lot of hip hop beefs because he thought there should be peace and love Aww. amongst brothers in the hip hop community. I think Proof died in like '93 or, or nice. 2013 or 14, but yeah. He squashed that beef. Okay. Did you say ninety three or two thousand? No, I meant I, I meant two thousand thirteen, night ninety three. <laughs> I was like, that is a. Huge I get my decades difference. mixed up. It's fucked. Yeah, it happens when you cool. get when you grow up. <laughs> so wait, let's go back to how successful yes, they yes. actually are. Yes. School us. Okay. Currently, thirty five million dollars. What? <laughs> yeah. Is their net worth like just on paper, and that's not including like how much merchandise may be floating out there, how many royalties they might actually like hold on to. But their net worth right now, as of October, was $35 million. Okay, Shu, if we do this for 30 years, yeah. we can be worth $35 million. That's what I'm hearing. All right. Are you in it to win it? I'm in it, dude. I, we just, we did our first bong raiser. We, we've... Once we got our first donation, I was like, well, now we have to go for at least one more year because someone gave us their money. Yeah. We can't just 
fucking take the money and run. No, we're committed. We're committed. We are going to keep doing this until we are hosting our own annual gathering, oh, which will yes. really be like a desert crafts festival. I was going to say, in the desert. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, like, so they have their own label, Psychopathic Records, right? Is that what it's called? Yep. And so they own all their own merch too, right? So they like, own everything. Which is smart because like in the music industry, so much money is cut from the artists when they're with right. a label. Like distributors like, and all that shit. Yeah, like 95% of their money is gone. And yeah. so they really did it the right way by doing everything themselves because they have control and then also they actually get the money they, they get make. The money. Yeah, like um one thing that and I think it plays into right now if you're an artist that's on a record label no matter how big you are how little you are and you're on Spotify mm-hmm. they pay like 0.00375 per song you're only going to see a small fraction of that after the record label takes what they feel is mm-hmm. the money that they need to recoup ICP is the only artist that gets all of that money Crazy. Yeah. Only artists. The Beatles don't even get all of it. They get most of it. But ICP is the only artist that gets all of it. I will Back add in uh, my friend Matt Farley of Motown Media. Same situation. Mm-hmm. He made $45,000 last year from streaming services. Oh, because um, he posts, But he, it's because he has 30,000 songs. Okay. So oh, that's how okay. he, he plays it. Yeah. Because um, it does add up. But yeah. yeah, you have to play the game. He has his your... own, yeah, label. Um, Deacon's Deacon's got a hard beef with Spotify right now. Most yeah, musicians man, do. Yeah. Do you um, want to explain? I know it's not related. Do you want to explain that to us? Well, for for me, it has nothing to do with the money. It just has to do with like breeding this new culture of people that don't actually buy music. Yeah. And it's influencing people to just have instant gratification with music and none of it goes to support the artists or anything it all goes to whoever actually owns that music that's on there and i just think it's like really sad that people don't buy music anymore i think it's and people don't so it's the beginning of the end of consuming music in a physical form yeah i don't think people buy music anymore Mm -hmm. and i feel like in in most situations the only way to make money is merch yeah, yeah, you got a tour, you got to hand sell your merch, mm-hmm. um, which it's kind of always been that way, and that's that's absolutely fine. But I know a lot of people who don't even go to shows or buy merch at shows mm-hmm. anymore because they know they can just go listen to it in their car on an app. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. You can order yeah. their merch offline. Yeah, and... you can order your merch through a link that's sent to you through all these things, and it's like such a disingenuous way. To be a part of music because I think artists want people to be as much a part of it as they are but when you're just streaming it and you're viewing everything through the internet and you're not going to shows and you're not buying things then there's like a disconnect there and and you as like a as a musician and an artist like you enjoy interacting with people like you meet your fan base like you enjoy that like personal connection with them like you wouldn't want them to just be watching you streaming online, I guess. No, no, but that seems to be where it's going, and I mean, because you I do guess do I'm streaming it. a little bit. Yeah, every week. Your unhappy hour Fridays, mm-hmm, Friday mm-hmm. unhappy. We'll plug all this shit at the end. Okay, because Deacon, you know, not only is he an ICP aficionado, but he's also 
a musician. He's a drummer and does jungle, right? Yep. yep. I don't want to say drum and bass because you're not a drum and bass DJ. You're a junglist. Yeah, I'm a junglist, but I'll DJ anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, but the reason I was talking about them owning their own merch and stuff is for ICP is because I recently bought a shirt of theirs at Hot Topic, and when you look at, like, the little copyright, mm-hmm. and then it has, like, the distributor, it's Insane Clown Posse on it. It's, like, oh. copyright Insane Clown Posse 2017. The thing is, though, um, it was only $3 at Hot Topic, and why is that, Deacon? Uh, because of the gang ruling that came out by the FBI. What? Uh, yeah. It caused a lot of corporate companies that had stock in icp to be able to pull out by using this as like a bullshit punk ass excuse like hot topic they said they were like one of five top selling artists between like metallica and led zeppelin and like bob marley like in hot topic they were like in the top five and then as soon as they were classified as a gang by the fbi in 2013 the CEOs were able to come in and be like, we can't sell this because we're not allowed to sell gang merch in our stores. Like, you don't see bandana colors and shit like that. It, like, really doesn't happen. So now they have, like, this gigantic warehouse full of all this shit that they have to liquidate and try to get their money back because they had to pay ICP for that shit. They couldn't just, like, walk away from it. Yeah. But you will only see their merch on clearance. So, I mean, if you want some ICP merch, now's the time. I mean, I'm going to Hot Topic tomorrow yeah Yeah, because i got a sweet ass shirt with one of their classic logos but um yeah that ruling of them being a gang like really fucked some shit up for them like it's pretty impressive that they're still worth in the 30 millions um today because that really you know took a hit yeah but i feel like are they're they're still able to sell their merchandise directly yeah. yeah. Okay. You can get ICP shirts at shirts and things in Mesa. Okay. They're, boot, they're bootleg. It's tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I hate bootleg merch. I know it sucks. Yeah. I went. We went to the fair one year and we got these shirts. They were selling them for cheap. They're like three for twenty dollars or something. And then so we bought some and we're walking out of the shop area and I like open up my shirt and on the back the where it has like the company label it's like the screen print was all fucked up it's like all stuttery and broken and shit it's like half of this logo is fucking missing what the fuck yeah bootleg bootleg what are you gonna do yeah i once outside of a spice girls concert bought a t-shirt where their skin was all orange (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no icp is still going strong and also another thing that makes me know they're really successful is um deacon told me that um disney is their one of the is their parent company yeah there was controversy because they had an album out and then their like label was hosted on like a subsidiary of a subsidiary and then disney pulled it from stores yeah 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 it was basically it's just like the same people um, that did the parental advisory labeling like they're like little fucking bastard children that yeah. don't want people to enjoy anything yeah that thought. everything is evil and satanic yeah and they're gay. like once again let's let's get rid of icp because they're ruining our kids lives mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know disney knows what's up they got their hands in like everything entertainment I was wise. Shocked. like if you can fucking make money off it they're going to and yeah 
you I can would, make money off ICP. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked to hear that Disney had a hand in ICP. It's like, what? You would, who, you would think. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not direct because it's through a bunch of different subsidiaries. Right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, they're still making some money off ICP. They're making money off of everything. Have you ever yeah. looked at Shaggy 2 Dope's mouth makeup really close? It looks like a Mickey Mouse <gasps> hat. Like if you like, just look at an image of Shaggy Two Dopes, like just his mouth makeup in particular, it's a Mickey Mouse hat. What? Crazy, crazy what? stuff. Why do you think people don't like Juggalos? Because we're conditioned to hate poor people, and we're conditioned to hate anything that is not like a part of the ordinary. Okay. And so when you combine people that kind of come from nothing with like them not giving a fuck that's what people hate and most juggalos get to a point in their life and i think it's when you finally admit you're a juggalo uh-huh is like you don't give a fuck what other people think about you at that point like you've been through much so like so much weird and hard shit in your mm-hmm. life that you just lose control i think that's like a very astute yeah observation because i think about that like, it's almost analogous to things that people dismiss as, like, ratchet when you yes. see women with home-done braids and home-done nails, and mm-hmm. they're fabulous in the way that they can afford to be. Like, it's a compromise between how they want to be and what they can afford to be, and it becomes its own culture, and people hate that and mock that. And I think you're right, that it is we're conditioned to hate people. Like, if you can't afford to buy the things that I have like, why don't you want to be like me? And why can't you afford to be like me? Yeah. And yeah. so then you immediately hate it, even though you don't understand it at all. And, like, if you can't afford to be where I'm at or at a higher level, then you're less than. Uh-huh. And I think that's, like, an- another thing about our society. We just assume all poor people are dumb mm-hmm. and uneducated. And really, it's mostly... a you know their situation where they were born into the area they were born into their family the things that they weren't privileged enough to receive like good education or any sort of chance and they're supposed to be either striving or miserable and the idea that they could be finding enjoyment and culture within where the reality of their lives is probably offensive to the like american ideals of aspirational like wealth totally yeah that's where i bonded with it because i mean the three of us in this room i think have all like lived in a trailer or done some Mm -hmm. shit like that in our lives so that's how we can like find the vessel to connect with all of this at some point and then in that point you also have like this angst inside of you towards that other class of people who have always like kind of treated us like shit so i Mm -hmm. feel like anyone who's been on the bottom scale of life could relate to juggalos and juggalo culture and like everything that surrounds it because we've been told by tons of other people just because we didn't have money that we weren't going to be shit yeah Yeah. and so then it's like you find a community that accepts you not for who you could be but for who you are and like obviously you would lean into that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well it's like i said at the beginning like i just assumed all juggalos were rednecks and like white trash and it's like that right there is like exactly what Deacon is saying. Like we're just conditioned to like look at them and be like, "Fuck those people, they're trash." 
I mean, I have noticed something about as we have been doing the podcast and talking about how we're juggalos or we're juggalo allies and posting about it on social media and the different reactions that I've gotten from people Mm -hmm. and the people who have like said like, oh, yeah, I ended up at an ICP show one time or like, yeah, I know this juggalo. Like the people who are like, whoop, whoop. Or, like, just accepting of it are actually, like, really cool, open-minded, open-hearted people. And the people who have responded with, like, vomit emojis and stuff are people who have never lived outside of an ivory tower. Totally. And um, I definitely think it says something about, like, you know, the people who are open-minded are like, sure, whatever. I respect juggalo culture. And then the people who are, like, the hipsters who would only ever go to the, like an arcade fire or like of montreal show or whatever the like whatever those fucking people are who think they're so cool and they definitely look down on this Mm -hmm. and it's like man you're like i'm not saying you're missing out on icp specifically but you're missing out on a lot of the world by having that attitude of being disgusted by something that you don't even know anything about if it's not for you don't go don't listen that's fine but the fact that you have disgust for it seems to mean that you're a fucking cunt yeah 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 and (laughs) funny thing the same year that i found out about icp i also discovered fish oh so i was into icp and fish at the same time which just opened me up to like there's these subcultures and there's these like really really interesting things that are happening in american society but there's always somebody to like shit on it Uh and that kind of intrigued me about these like weird musical subcultures so icp fit right along with the same thing so yeah people hated me for going to fish shows i'm like well i only listen to slayer no effects actually Mm -hmm. but i'm really interested in seeing what these people do and then you know you check out icp and it's like a totally different subculture of people who just hate on having a good time and that's in the end what i think it boils down to is like do you want to party do you want to have a good time you should go check out an ICP show. It's fucking awesome. Everyone sings all the lyrics. Everyone is so fucking hyped to be there. No one is standing there being like too cool. Yeah. To be there. No one's going there to be seen. They're going there to have a great fucking time. Because sometimes it's fun to drink the Kool-Aid. I think oh, that's totally. the thing. Is like, I, I used to be like a really like I'm too cool for this person. You know, like I only read factual history books and I like. I, like, really regret the years of my life that I took myself too seriously mm-hmm. and realized, like, sometimes if everybody likes something, it's because it's good and because it's fun. And sometimes, like, just for one night, drink the Kool-Aid and enjoy yourself at a concert that is something that you normally wouldn't go to. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think before I met Deacon, I was, like, open to a lot of things and I wanted to be, like, a punk and, like, on the fringe of society but i also was like snobby in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. looked down on people as like judgy but like since i've met him like i didn't i never listened to fish i really enjoy fish now because yeah. we took a road trip to flagstaff and listened to fish the whole time and like we love going to random shows where we're like i, I have you heard of this band i haven't heard of this band but let's just go check it out like mm-hmm. we know some people who are going like we've just done all kinds of random things that I had no interest in, but I left being like, that was really cool, actually. Like, I might get into that. Yeah. Like, fucking Ice T's band. <laughs> like, I never thought I would be into that. Like, Jada Pinkett Smith's metal band. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Okay, let's listen to it. 
it's just like yeah no one should take themselves so seriously and also i really want people to stop hating so hard on juggalos because like the sad part of the research was like hearing violent J and shaggy to to talk about how like their fans have lost their jobs because they have hatchet man tattoos and like they've lost their kids because they're juggalos and that people like people think they're gang members and like families are torn apart because they don't understand what a juggalo is and they think they're dangerous and like meanwhile like how many people i know personally are like super into disney and they have disney tattoos and their house is all disney and they wear disney shirts and no one would ever say you're fired because you have 16 like mickey mouse tattoos or like and honestly like i do kind of think people of that level are a little creepy yeah of course (laughs) we I know someone that uh, Deacon introduced me to who has, like, a shit ton of Disney tattoos, but she had them all look like her freckles because she's, like, a freckly person. So if you look closely at her arm, you see Shout all these little... Shout out to Jen little- <laughs> You see all these little Mickey Mouse heads. Uh, she has hidden Mickeys. Yeah, all over her body. Cause the only she tattoo did- she has. Yeah, because she didn't want to, like get a tattoo in the sense of like this is obviously a tattoo she wanted to be really subtle uh-huh. but she also she was like she came she stayed with at deacon's house i think when i met her and then she was on her way to disneyland the next day and she's just basically like yeah anytime something goes wrong in my life i go to disney when i want to celebrate i go to disney mm-hmm. i need to get off work and de-stress i go to disney it's just like I mean, people of that caliber to me are a little, they're next level. But like no one would say you're not fit to be a parent because of it. And so it's like, here are people who they've found their thing that it helps them celebrate when they're feeling good. It's the same thing. It helps them when they've had a bad day. They're going through a hard time. They connect with other people in that community. And that's their thing that makes them feel good. But because it's not Disney, it's ICP, then it's seen as bad. And you're like, dude, let people, like, life is fucking hard. Like, let people have whatever makes them feel good and, like, they belong and they're connected to the universe. Let them fucking have it. It doesn't hurt anyone. Exactly. Another thing I think needs to be touched on, and it's, like, kind of, modern icp things is the juggalo march on washington september 16th 2017 was probably one of the most remarkable thing that was that an american entertainer has ever done not just a band not just an artist but like a group of people did something so amazing well they were just really really fed up with the hard times that all their fans were getting for being classified as a gang by the fbi you know like shoe covered you know Losing from losing your kids to losing your job to getting kicked out of the military. I mean, people would Just get because you have a hatchet man tattoo. Yeah, like they people were would get out arrested. Of the military? Yeah, people were getting kicked out of the military because they were affiliated with the gang, and it was just another excuse to oppress like people for wanting to belong to something. Or maybe they were just a teenager and they got a hatchet man tattoo or something, and then they were like thirty or forty years old, and it came back to haunt them like it shouldn't, but. I mean, you could get arrested with drugs and face a harder charge. 
because you have a gang affiliation tattoo on you than the average person. And like, so because this is ge- deemed a gang, if they get arrested with weed or whatever. Yeah, it's a it's a harder charge and it goes on your record in a harder way, you know, on a federal level, like mm-hmm. an FBI standpoint, like you get put on a list. Okay. Um, so they just, you know, really wanted to be like, you know, fuck this. We need to undo it. The ACLU is like working on their case. They're like. I don't know if they've got the status revoked yet, but I think they're pretty close because a lot of other people have really taken a look at what's happening and be like, no, this is discrimination. It's just wrong. Um, regardless of whether you like what they do, you like their fans, you like their music, what is happening to them is just wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, the March on Washington, I mean, they had almost 200,000 people show up. That's amazing. You yeah. know, Kanye West don't do shit like that. Like, nobody in music does yeah, anything like, like that. that yeah and yeah. they were just like fed up with the establishment and then i think with the election of trump in 2016 they're just like it's time that we start using our voice and the power that we have with millions of people around the earth to bring awareness to the fact that things are going wrong and we can't just like let it slip by mm-hmm. we have to go there and the great thing about it is they were really promoting it as being like a non-violent protest like it was the biggest thing to them to make sure that all the juggalos and juggalettes and everybody involved with it, they're like, don't fight the cops, even if people are being mean to you. You know, just say whoop whoop and try to hug them. Like, bring everybody into this. This is a nonviolent protest, but we are protesting the status that we've been given by our mm-hmm. own government mm-hmm. just for being who we are. What And that I think that says a lot. I mean, I don't know that they could have imagined 30 years ago that we're going to start a rap group and that they would have this level of political influence yeah 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 and that led to them being on like charlemagne show and like more legit like hip-hop artist shows that would have never considered having them on because they're like yeah i think they're on the bbc even like they hit levels Mm -hmm. that everyone who ever told them they weren't going to be shit all of a sudden wanted to talk to them because they were doing something yeah and it was way bigger than anyone could have ever imagined. But yeah, Juggalos get shit done. Juggalos get shit done. That walk was amazing. It's probably on YouTube because they were streaming it live. They like streamed all the speakers there. And like it was a really cool thing to see. You, even if you don't like their music, like you mm-hmm. have to admit they've never done. They've never killed people like they're not a real fucking gang. They're just a group of people who like wearing clown makeup and whoop whooping (laughs) dude i'm into it yeah so i don't know i just hope that everyone who like feels like they have a hard opinion on juggalos like takes another look and because like watching documentaries on youtube and shit and interviews i was just like damn like there's so many layers behind what their makeup and everything looks like that i didn't even know about yeah like even the fucking magnet song you know miracles mm-hmm. what magnets what are they <laughs> it's a fucking miracle <laughs> like i thought that was just some stupid ass joke but like listening to violent jay talk about like watching his son play with magnets and his mind being blown and just like loving that curiosity and that amazement in everyday objects it's like well that's the start. so much more behind all of their lyrics and their makeup and everything they're amazing yeah i think um you know i'm someone who I I really put a lot of value in working hard at something and having like, as they say now, the buzzword is grit, but having perseverance. Yeah. Like it fucking, it took me nine months to do this fucking ab move in Pilates, like five days a week for nine months. And I can finally do this one stupid move. 
But like, that's the type of person I am where I'm like, just keep doing something. And so the idea that like being so hated and so controversial and like not mainstream and just be like, yeah, but for 30 years, we kept building this thing that's now an empire and it's a culture and it's a political force. And I think there's some inspiration for people who are like, trying to pass their GED test or like taking their GRE to get into grad school or like trying to like lose enough weight to join the military or whatever it is like that your goal is that you feel like you can't achieve. I think there is something to be said for learning the stories of people who like just kept eking away at something and being like, yeah, people told us, you know, that we sucked, we were over, you know, and just being like, yeah, they kept going. They have a fucking movie division, a record yeah. division, you know. Shut up, big money hustlers, man. That was a fucking dope. Yeah. So there, <laughs> by the way, there were two movies that came out Woo! in the same year. Big money hustlers Woo-woo! and big money rustlers. Yeah, man. Cotton candy. What's up? <laughs> man, I feel like I've moved from a juggalo ally to a full on juggalette. And yeah. Like, I don't know if you know, but juggalettes get different hatchet man tattoo designs than juggalos. Do the juggalette tattoos have eyelashes? Because that's how I distinguish (laughs) when I draw dinosaurs, if it's a boy or a girl. Uh, Kind of. But yeah, it's like all all together just a different design. Like, I was like... Like, They just didn't throw pigtails on the juggalo. uh, It's like a different design. I know. I was like, do they have a bow on them? But apparently it's a totally different design. But I don't know, like... I'm not saying I'm going to get a hatchet man tattoo anytime soon. And if I did, I wouldn't get it anywhere like super visible. But, you know, she might be considering getting a juggalette hatchet man in the future. We're not writing it off. We're not writing it off. It's, in, it's you know, it's a possibility. Yeah. The thing that, you know, they always say. And I've always believed it was true. Is like they're like, you know, you got to manifest your life. If shit is fucked up, change it. Don't just stand there and wait for it. And the biggest thing that makes them what they are is they are juggalos, too. Mm-hmm. They're not just two dudes. Like, there's a lot of entertainers in the industry that, you know, kind of fake the whole image. And they have this fan base that idolizes, like, their persona or whatever. But that's not really who they are. Like, you know, J.J., <laughs> Joseph and Joseph are juggalos, first and foremost. They believe in the entire culture. They believe in their lyrics. They believe in their look. They believe in their music. They're not faking it. They don't take the makeup off and, like, become something else. Like, they still are those same dudes that get ridiculed today Mm -hmm. like they did when they were in high school. Uh And that's what kind of, like, I think spawns the culture and keeps it alive because they're not faking that shit beautiful that is beautiful man i feel like this was just a a wonderful juggalo love fest i hope everyone learned some things about juggalo culture that you didn't know we could take you on a deep dive if you want to give us a christmas present send us a picture of you wearing juggalo makeup oh shit that would be so dope or or uh twisted makeup too shout out blaze your dead homie all the other fucking (laughs) the fam if you want me to suck you off, send me video of you showing up to your family's Christmas dinner wearing <laughs> fucking clown makeup. I will get on a plane and suck you off because that is fucking awesome. Fuck and yeah. then you just go, Mom, I have something to tell you. <laughs> whoop, 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 Pass the stuffing. Shout, shout out Ouija Mac. Shout out Vanilla Ice. Shout out Big Hoodoo. Shout out Big Clay. It's Vanilla Ice. Shout out Project Boyne. Fuck yeah, he is, man. He's on. Psychopathic oh. records. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Shout out super villains and shout out the fucking 
the number one bullshit going on, Dark Lotus. You know what I'm saying? Hell ICP, yeah. Twisted, Blaze Your Dead Homie. Deke, oh, I was about to ask you something after you said you hate Spotify. I was like, I was going to ask if you can make a Spotify playlist for people <laughs> who want to get into this type of music. Yeah, dude, I'll still do it. Okay, Doesn't yeah. mean I don't hate them. I okay. can still participate. Yeah, yeah, if you could make a playlist to like get people an intro into this genre of music and we'll tweet it out and stuff, that would be yeah, super cool. I feel like you're definitely the person to do that. Um, Deacon, let us know where we can find you on social media. Let us know what your projects are. What do you want people to to check out? Well, first and foremost, I want to shout out uh, my Black Gaze, Black Metal Band, Nolan Roots. We're on Prosthetic Records, but you can go to Nolan Roots on Bandcamp. We've got about seven full-length albums on there. Uh, if you like to get brutal, get sad, that's for you. And then uh, I also got another electronic music project called Dead Kids. Uh, we're on Faction Records out of Virginia, but yeah, Dead Kids on SoundCloud. Check it out. I'm pretty much all about like, you know, talking about gun violence and the epidemic of school shootings in America. So that's what that project's all about. And if you want to support it, there are links to where you can donate to the Brady Foundation and other things to kind of try to get guns off the streets because that's super important. And that's another thing I think that the the insane clown posse fam would be super down with because we ain't down with just like murdering people for murdering. You got to have a reason like your stepdad fucked you up or something like that. You know? And then after you murder him, you let it go. <laughs> if <laughs> anyone wants to murder my stepdad, I'll totally let it go. <laughs> I got a stepdad that could be murdered in my life too, man. Fuck man, fuck yeah. stepdads, fuck. right? That's what we're saying. <laughs> Not all stepdads. There's some good stepdads. Hashtag not all stepdads. (laughs) Not all stepdads. Not all just ours. Um, Okay. Well, I mean, happy hump day. Happy holidays. Yeah. Deacon, thank you so much for being here and dropping the knowledge. Um, You made my research a lot less brutal and easy and we couldn't have done it without you let's be honest hey man i I love love. you (laughs) spread the love (laughs) all right well happy holidays fam and we'll catch you next year Woo woo 